Is that does that red light mean? Okay, so you know how to. Okay, no, I. Oh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got it's, it. It's been rolling. It's been okay. Uh, welcome to uh, this. Uh, what do they call these things again? Podcasts. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a, it's just a conversation. Uh, well, we uh, uh, we are just uh, hoping if someone ever finds these recordings, uh, you're just a group of explorers, you could say, uh, currently isolated. It would seem on the on a lunar base. Um, everybody else left uh, about 20 years ago to after downsizing. Well, the space uh, space uh, corporations really kind of dying down right now but well we've we're staying up here is all i can say but well for the moment uh we are just up here uh still on the uh, the bloody moon because it's still a rock in space and apparently a few people on earth still care but uh yeah i'm up here with uh, uh want to introduce yourself yeah this is uh captain antonio williams how are you doing commander i'm doing well, I'm, uh, I'm okay. Uh, hello? Yeah? Oh, oh hi. Hi, uh, this is Private Brandon Trust. Uh, I'm here, too. Okay, that was a little, that was a little much. That was a little much, Private. Um, you uh, could tone oh, it down I, next I, time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, just, I'm, I'm, just I'm a little excited to be talking about I'm, things, it's, you know? It's okay. You other can than just, codes just act more like on, just ask stuff. more like Lewis, and you'll okay, be fine. Okay, um, I got it. No worries. Um, yeah, we're just, uh, here to talk about whatever weird things we remember from Earth. You do have lots of movies and TV up here, so it's pretty much the only thing we watch anymore. But ever since Disney bought everything, everything that ever exists is on Disney+. Plus. So, Monopoly. Exactly. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess, uh, we shall dive into that mighty temptress adventure. Oh, of course. You know who said that? No. Uh, who said that? It's a Dumbledore. Yes, thank you. thank you. Thank you so much, Captain. That was Dumbledore. Once again, private, if you could please. Uh, okay. Um, hold yourself to the same standard that. Uh, I, I got you. Our, I got our, you. Our, our, our fine you got to get uh, cultured, private. I, I, okay, I'm sorry. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. No, no it's, it's fine. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I mean, we've got time. It would so. really, it would just really help if you could, uh, attempt just attempt you don't you, you don't do that often but attempt um well uh, i guess the first thing we could talk about is uh uh, uh stare stare space star, star wars. wars star wars uh yeah that's that's the one that's the one a few, a few old classics from down on earth from how many years ago when did that? When did when when did that last one come out? Uh, Skywalker Rises or something? Uh, Sky, the Rising of Skywalker. I yeah, think that, is that what it's called. The Rise of Skywalker. Thank you, thank you, thank once again, thank you, Captain. You should all exceed to your levels. Uh, yep. Um. Yes. Uh, so Star Wars. Boy, there's a lot of t- to talk about there, isn't there? <laughs> Why don't we start off with uh, just talking about, I guess, the overall theme of Star Wars? You know, what what does it what does it mean? What is it trying to convey? Because obviously, any movie or any book, well, most you know, most movies and books and things they um, 
are designed to teach us something. So what is Star Wars trying to teach us? Well, Star Wars, in my personal opinion, is about the basic um, uh, archetypes of light and dark fighting against each other. And I mean, they're displayed very prominently in the Jedi and the Sith, but I mean, what's interesting about Star Wars is it's not about always the Jedi and the Sith, the good and the light, because things aren't always so necessarily like concrete or always just like mutually exclusive that way. There's like the bounty hunters, the smugglers, the rebellion. I mean, things aren't always, there's in-betweens, you know, that are not necessarily just the, just man, the Mandalorian, the good and the, the, the bad. Yeah. Sometimes it's just people. You could look at it as a traditional um, good versus evil, light versus dark story, but there are many lessons, I think, to be learned inside the Star Wars universe itself. Like, you could go on for hours and hours, things that we learn from the Jedi and even the Sith at some points. Yeah, for um, sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean... Well, just let's like think about it from the perspective of a Jedi. I mean, I grew up more with the the characters from the prequel trilogy, so like my mind was always focused more on the Jedi. I mean, in the originals, they were like a much more of like a not necessarily a background character, but like this more ancient religion that some like it was heard of, but like only a few people even followed it at that point, you know, long extinct after order 66, but like growing up with like the prequels, it was a, it was a religion. It was like an Academy. It was, it was way more of a way of life than it was in the originals. So like, what does it mean to even like be a Jedi? Well, to me, um, I think, I think one of the biggest examples, I think, we're talking prequels i it's it's kind of my personal opinion but i think the jedi they are jedi yeah sure and they they are good people i mean i'm sure they have good intentions but all the restrictions man i think they put maybe too much restriction that kind of helped it kind of aided in them losing their i guess losing their way and not being what they used to be and I think even in Old Republic, there are some examples of a Jedi councils maybe being similar to the prequels. But I think it'd be interesting to maybe one day see a story of a Jedi council that was almost in its in perfect. That was almost how it should have been. But maybe that's the whole message. Maybe the message is that the council, you can never have one last so long being as good as it is maybe it just it's just bound to fail you know i think that's true no yeah that's kind of the that's kind of the perfect way to put it it's kind of funny because my my first memory of star wars actually was when i was about like i think four and i had no idea what star wars was and i found a dvd for uh return of the jedi um lying under uh this like so on our tv that we had back then we had this these like drawers underneath of movies in them and i pulled it out and i saw a picture of luke holding the green lightsaber and i was like 
what the heck is this? And four-year-old me decided to play a game with a disc by sliding it across the floor. So oh, I sc- no. <laughs> so I, sc- I actually scratched... Oh, gosh. I actually scratched up the entire disc. And when I put it in to watch it a few years later, once I actually, like, caught my interest, I, it, I couldn't get past, like, you know, the first three minutes. So, um... <laughs> that was my first experience Shame with Star Wars. on you. <laughs> Nice. Shame on you. I I tried my best, but you know. <laughs> Anyways, that's sidetracked. I back back to what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I I think I think the story of Luke is not just the story of a boy saving his father, but a story of this young man kind of learning what it was to be a Jedi. You know, um, and. To you know, I don't want to talk for too long, but I do have a lot of thoughts on this. But I do think that the message of Star Wars, if you're just thinking about the originals, I, I, it also applies when you add the prequels in. And I don't know about the sequels yet. I haven't really thought about it that much. But um, I think the message is that Sith are people who let their emotions control them. I mean, they they. F- in order to shoot force lightning, in order to use these, you know, get, you know, it is more powerful. I, th- I think the Sith, I think the dark side is more powerful, but that's because I think, okay, no, I think the dark side at its base level is more powerful because there has a more they're... obvious power. Yeah. And like, it's like they're giving in to their emotions and letting them control them in order to like shoot lightning or, like lift a whole star cruiser like star killer but that's not canon now but whatever but i think you know eventually like star obi-wan killer. says <laughs> yeah <laughs> what, a, what, what, a, what a concept <laughs> yeah what 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 a what a guy what a dude but i think you know obi-wan's line of strike me down and i will become more powerful than you can imagine is kind of resonates with this overall theme of Maybe, maybe, maybe on the base level, maybe in life, the dark side is more powerful. Sure, but in death, the Jedi are off. Yeah, if you're Force Ghost, you live forever, which is what the Sith. Maybe I don't know as much now, but in Legends, the Sith were trying to figure out how to be immortal, and the Jedi. I mean, Yoda just learned it. It it took a bit, but he learned it pretty quickly. But you, he had to have like a pure heart. And stuff like that. I think that's the interesting thing between just the Jedi versus the Sith, like just in that concept right there, is of like the very material things of life are what the Sith crave for power, you know, all these like life sustained things that exist only in a physical material life versus the things that a Jedi should strive for, maybe weren't always focused on in some of the prequel movies, but what a Jedi should strive for are the things that don't necessarily disappear in death. The kind of things like honest and true love, not a love that like blinds you or destroys you, like that kind of blind passion did to Anakin, but like the love that kind of becomes, I don't know, it's just, you can't even really describe it, you know, it's just this overarching powerful like empathy and care and like power, you know, that just is light. And I think that is the kind of thing that ironically enough, ironic, right, but that the Sith would never get. (laughs) Because for one thing, it was the kind of thing that required the patience 
you know, instead of the immediate release of anger, it was, it was the patience that Jedi are always talking about and the constant wait for, um, you know what, you just, you know, you know what I mean? Like, just like they had to relax wait and strive in their, in their, yeah, like just wait for the, the weird thing is they had to live their life in a way without that kind of material power that the Sith had to die in a way to, to get to the point where when they die, they would have those kind of they they would have that, which is the the, the ironic kind of thing, is they're striving for everlasting ironic. life, where the Sith are just striving to hold on to what little life they have, what little power they have. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that that's something that I think you know between the three of us we share the same beliefs, so it's very familiar. And I don't we're not we we won't go into that. Um, but just i think as a very christian sort of because i you know george obviously put a lot of christian themes into these movies such as like a virgin birth and the chosen one kind of like moses or whatever but you know yeah anyway just a little spiel i want to talk about the prequels for a minute because there's a lot to be said there so could we start down on that track i i will say sure, one I more noticed, thing i noticed that our uh, we, uh, I'll let you say this, but I do notice that our lovely uh, Captain Antonio Lewis has forwarded and emailed a PDF to all of us. So once again, uh, claps to our captain here, Private or Carter. <laughs> or Carter. I'm sorry. Um, the Make last thing I'll say is that I think Luke figured out what it meant to be a Jedi. And that, I think the exact moment he figured it out is just before he throws his lightsaber away and returns the Jedi. Because at that moment, Luke had given in. He'd given in to the anger for you know, the Empire, for things his father has done, and he gave in to his passions and whatever, the Emperor, whatever, and beat his father into submission. Like, took him out. And he saw the power, but Luke stood there and looked down at his hand and looked at Vader's hand, seeing that it was also robotic and decided, you know, probably had a flashback to Empire where he, he went into the Dagobah cave and saw his face in the mask. At that moment, he realizes, if I do this, if I don't stop now, I'm going to be the next Vader. Which, I, isn't there some Legends comic that kind of explores that? Like yeah, Luke? there was. I actually have a lot of the pictures open up to that right now. Yeah. But... I don't know. I just uh, sequeling then in sorry. Well, transitioning into the prequel stuff, I think that's just the difference between Anakin and Luke because they did have a very similar um, upbringing. You know, raised yeah. in the exact same on the exact same planet with a in the sandy desert. You know, striving to survive, but always looking out to the stars, wishing for adventure, but realizing that there was more to life than adventure. They both came to very different conclusions on that. And then especially discovering the Jedi and all those different things, wanting that adventure. Anakin, you know, he fell in love and all, all those things. Luke, that wasn't quite the same story, but he, he approached his anger at that different level. And I think that's, I know, I just think it's very interesting when you compare the two characters. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, the prequels. <laughs> oh boy, the entire story behind them. The entire story behind them is based on one man really when you think about it and because you have anakin that he's raising up 
and building. But who is the mastermind behind the entire thing? Is it Palpatine? Correct. Wow. A plus. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> Am I? Is this the? Is this the uh, doing better that you were referring to? I mean, you're not doing great. Okay. Well. Uh, anyways, uh, the prequels. There's a lot to be said there, especially with. Uh, should we start with Clone Wars? Um, uh, we can talk about is, that later. Yeah, we can do that later. Okay. Sorry, your suggestions are appreciated, but they're not important right now. Exactly, as as always, sir. Um, <laughs> fine, you give the suggestions. I, I I give up. Well, I was giving the suggestion that was leading us into talking about Palpatine because. Oh, I see. It was a segue. Okay, I'm was, sorry. It I'm was not... a segue. Thank I'm you. Not, it was I'm a not segue. A... I'm not a good one. Get with the segue. times. Get with it was the like times. A, what like is the funnel. times? What year is it? We were talking like 2098. Remember Corona? <laughs> Don't talk about that. Okay. None You're of us were alive, actually. Give me Corona flashbacks. <laughs> you, we, if if you do the math, sir, we weren't we weren't alive. <laughs> maybe maybe you weren't. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't know your age. I'm sorry. You might you might be older than me. That's we don't talk. We communicate we don't we don't anyways about anyways Palpatine, um... <laughs> let's start <laughs> in phantom menace oh boy what is his character in the phantom menace uh well he had hair um more hair than he did but okay uh astute observation you know private. you know you know what makes me so upset is that People, surprise to be sure they bash on the prequels for being too political they're like if george says this is for kids then why do you put so much political crap in it but if he didn't put the political crap Children in it no one would politics. everyone would be so confused about how palpatine just came out of nowhere it it's it might not be the most exciting stuff but it's telling you how palpatine got to where he is it's showing you the little things he's doing the little sort of nudges the little inputs he's giving that caused him to become chancellor and then after that of course the emperor thank you because so many people harsh on that and it drives me nuts it's like yeah it's not the most fun thing to watch but it's important you just kind of have to accept it well phantom i don't know what what would you consider to be the most political one out of the prequels, so that has like. Oh, I think Phantom Menace is. I was honestly. about to say Phantom Menace, but I was, yeah. I was debating. Yeah, in Revenge of the Sith, it's very on the side, which it has the best political. Which is good. The Sith which is good. Has the best political line, I think, in all of Star Wars, which is it's, some people look at it as a throwaway line, but it's the where Padme says, "So this is how Liberty dies with thunder supplies." That is an amazing say... line. That's an so amazing good. line. It's so good. It's so good. And it's always overlooked because it's. I mean, you see that in, like, even, like, Hitler's rise to power. I mean, nobody cared because it was, sure, this guy's right. And so they all just start following him blindly. Yep. Palpatine yeah. is Hitler. Or a derivative of Hitler. Yeah, Probably. kind of is space Hitler. Space, space Hitler. I he mean, he's very he's, racist. He's done we some don't talk about that. things. But he was very racist. Him and Count Dooku wanted an army of only humans. 
a Jedi <laughs> order of only humans. Because they believed every other race was inferior. Bruh. He is Have you met He's Dirge? Dirge. Have you met Dirge in his alien race? <laughs> no, want to know why? Because that's Legends. Oh, ah. okay, alright. Ah. Well, he pulled the Legends card on you. He did, yeah. <laughs> Got him. I, I really do think that... The, the, I think the Phantom Menace is the most political, just in the sense that the movie is based around a trade, like, dispute. Like, a you know, a blockade. Whereas everything else is more centered around There's the Clone Wars. episode based on that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, it's, that that think... too. But I'm talking, you know, we asked which prequel movie was the most political. And that's, you know, I think it yeah. is because it just, you know. I think it is, but it also shows the reason for, like, there starting to be a war, you know? Like, I mean, that was the formation of, like, the separatist movement out of the, out of the Republic Senate. You know, like that's that's what made it like the Phantom Menace gave it showed like how necessary it was, and it just showed all of it starting to fall apart. You know, with starting is, from Newt Gunray and all the, like yeah. the separatists. You know, which is interesting, right? Because freaking, um, you've got like, wow, I've lost my train of thought. Someone else say something. I got to remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> Uh, you wanna you wanna go ahead, um, William? I I was okay. I was I was just intently listening. Of course you were. Well, I mean, back to Palpatine. Looking at, like I mean, watching him like he just just the way he like just the way he swoops in. I mean, for the, from the very beginning, Anakin is introduced to the Republic, even. is He's introduced, and, like, he knows very little about it. You know, he's this very outside, you know, uh, just, just well, the Republic, you know, out in the center of the galaxy. That's what he knows it as. But, I mean, he's introduced, there's a problem. And the problem is that um, it's a very problem-solution-based um, uh, situation presented to him where... Um, the separatists have caused a problem with this girl that he likes planet, you know, and immediately the person who comes in and solves it and helps solve it is Palpatine. You know, he's the one striving for there to be a solution right there. So obviously it makes sense for him to already start looking at him as a hero archetype, right? Yeah, so for sure. Or start looking at him more. I mean... I'm pretty sure Palpatine started to, at least in some of the, I'm not even sure if it's canon or not, but like in some of the, like, I think that's actually New York enough comics, but Palpatine knew or started to at least figure out who Anakin was pretty quickly. Because, uh, remind me again, what's the timeline on where Plagueis dies? Because I think Plagueis dies just after um, the Phantom Menace. Yeah, it, yeah, you, you're correct with that. Which is weird to think about. That, wow, I did not that know play, that. That does play I thought it was alive. before. No, no it, I did too for the longest time. But for one yeah. thing, there's in the book, um, it's shown that Plagueis is actually in the movie. There's a person who walks into um, Queen Amidala's chambers. And in the book, it's like, where's the boy? Um, he's left with the Jedi to Naboo. And he starts asking a few other questions and then leaves. 
and it's believed that that figure in a hood is hinted to as a dark, imposing, very tall and strange alien figure with a dark presence or whatever. And it's 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 supposed that that character really is Plagueis. I mean, I mean, it, it, it kind of like I don't. Who else could it be? Well, it makes sense. I mean. Plagueis obviously would take note of Anakin existing. A virgins in the force, as he's called, like Anakin, Palpatine knew it, and I'm sure Plagueis knew it. And I'm sure as soon as Palpatine saw, I'm sure he already been plotting to kill Plagueis, because of course everyone does. So <laughs> I, every freaking Sith does. That's their job. Have you seen The Force Unleashed? But like, as soon as he saw Anakin, that I think is when he started to realize his plan. Don't give and me talking sure about Force Unleashed. Had, and sure, he had um, an apprentice at the time already, um, Darth Maul, which we'll get into that, how the, the rule of two isn't always the rule of two. But, That's yeah. always interest. But I think as soon as he saw Anakin, he realized what his plan was. You know, to get this kid, the virgin, the most powerful, potentially the chosen one, not just on his side, but his apprentice. I think that's when he started getting the real like drive to kill Plagueis and move on with his plans. Yeah, which is so genius, right? Like, I think another thing that you know we've written down that we should talk about is just about the chosen one in general and how most of the time it's usually like this character is the chosen one and they come out and then they they are destined to fight the bad guy and beat him. And it usually happens. Harry Potter, Voldemort tries to kill him, doesn't work. He's chosen. Well, it, I mean, you could go into the stuff about Neville. But if anything, just the, the idea that the chosen one and then they kill Voldemort in the end. But Palpatine is so genius that he's like, I'm not going to just waste all my time trying to kill this kid and just get him out of here because there's probably going to be another person exactly. Ray, after, after uh, that rises so up. much time studying the great mystery did nobody okay sorry <laughs> I, I got you i got you but okay, like okay thank you um he's just he's just genius because he just manipulates anakin his whole life like as soon as he gets like as near the end when they're leaving naboo and he he say he pats him on the shoulder and he's like we'll watch your career with great interest it's like it's like you know that he first... knows. You know yeah, he knows. You know he knows. Mm. So so genius, man. And I don't know. I don't. I think Palpatine's character design is a little bland, but it's also just so creepy that it's like cool. You know, it just it like it's just it's bland in a way that just like shouldn't you guys be able to tell? Shouldn't like, but of course, of course, the audience knows. But like, you think the Jedi Council, like, wouldn't you? Yeah, it feels that way, doesn't it? Mace Windu says that, you know, it's like the dark side of the force surrounds the Chancellor. Because seriously, Palpatine was like in the undergrounds of like the Jedi Temple and in Coruscant dealing with Count Dooku and all these things of the Sith. And I don't like it, it it feels that way, doesn't it? Yeah, like. Couldn't the, the Jedi, Jedi Council has a very low corner? passive perception? In the last episode of Clone Wars season six, they literally do like a twenty-four hour like meditation. Like I, I just I don't know. Would somewhere in there would they have felt something that have that would have been like, oh, there's something messed up with 
uh, Chancellor Palpatine over here. Like, and I felt it like throughout the entire time, throughout all the Clone Wars, the very first thing that like Count Dooku says to Obi Wan as the Clone Wars are starting is, "Yo, uh, there's a there's a Dark Lord of the Sith controlling the Senate." Yeah. Know. What do they do with that knowledge? Like I mean, they say in Revenge of the Sith. You're the dark, dark lord of the Sith we've been looking for. But what was the? I mean, I I feel Luke in the Last Jedi. He's saying, you know, like it was the it was the Jedi Council that allowed the rise of Emperor Palpatine and the creation of the Dark Lord, Darth Vader. What were they doing? We'll get to the, some of the flaws of the Jedi Council, I guess. But I mean, like, what honestly were the Jedi Council doing? What were they well, expecting? They've been told there was a Jedi. What did they assume? Count Dooku was trying to trick them. What was like? I guess that's the point of the Clone Wars was to distract them. But like, well, I, I, hmm. it just it, it's it's weird because it's all it like it all feels like some big inside job because literally almost every not literally no yeah literally everything was being manipulated by the Sith and by like Dooku and Palpatine like even the clones man. Like inhibitor chips, really? Like, <laughs> shout out to yeah. Them. That that shout is out. such a frustrating part of it, the Clone Wars. It watching is watching Jedi just go. Meh. Yeah, and no. okay. seeing fives like fighting for that, just like something's up here, and getting killed for it. So yeah, it's just aggravating, but I mean, I guess that's the point. Seriously, it's it's really interesting to see, like, the Jedi and like how they handle it because um i if anyone's listening to this i might spoil star wars knights of the old republic a little bit so you know skip ahead but revan um obviously every single one of us (laughs) if you've played the game that that's an inside joke for you if you've played the game you know that he got amnesia. Um, his apprentice turned on him and kind of knocked him out, and he and he almost died. But Bastila saved him, and but was, couldn't really save his memory. And was nearly manipulated. Well, he was manipulated by the Jedi Council. Exactly, but like when when he came to Dantooine, they all knew. They knew he was Revan. Like they knew it, and so they didn't want to train him back to the Force because they were afraid that he would find out who he is and they would be back in the same thing so i think but that explains why he learned so quickly yeah and it's not the same with the the prequels jedi council i don't think but i think it's that kind of underlying theme of he is the chosen one but if that gets to his head or if someone were to i don't know exploit that in some way you know will he turn and if he does turn will the jedi be able to beat him which obviously i know I just looked up the actual prophecy for the Chosen One in Star Wars, referring to Anakin. Is that the Chosen canon One shall or come. is that Legends? I'm pretty sure it's canon. It looks like this is published later, and I think it's the same one that they... Uh, you referred to the prophecy when we leave us this boy. Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, sure if this is canon, but I think at least at one point, this is what it was called. Um, right. The uh, a chosen one shall come, born of no father, and through him will an ultimate balance in the force be restored. I think this, once again, is goes back to Palpatine's genius, because the Jedi would hear that, and maybe, I don't know, 
some of them be scared of what that means. What does ultimate balance in the force mean? I mean, there's the memes going around Ooh, of like, you know, yeah. ultimate, like with the balance in the Sith and the Jedi, what does that mean? You know, because the Jedi see it one way and the Sith see it the other way, but it doesn't, it's even more complicated than that. But I think the Jedi might see that and going, there have been way more Jedi than there have been Sith. What is gonna, what is he gonna do? What is, what is that like? If they're viewing it as that, you know, if they're viewing, like, what does the balance in the force even like really mean? Because we, we lean towards the light, obviously. Or like, like, how many of them are scared of just what, like, the uncertainty of the of the chosen one in that prophecy? You know, I, I mean, yeah, I you. That's actually a really interesting point you bring up. Is that which might be why Mace and so many other members of the Jedi Council were hesitant with him because exactly they might have actually believed that he was the chosen one. But what do you do with that? And. You know, there's the line that, the, you know, I think Palpatine says it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but he says, you know, the Jedi are afraid to lose their power, which uh, he might have been just saying to manipulate Anakin. Well, that's that that scene, though, where he's like the Sith are the, the Sith. Anakin's like the Sith love only any only love their power. They're terrified to lose it. And then Palpatine's like and the Jedi aren't. And I think that's one of the things that gets Anakin's mind spinning like. Wait, yeah. Of All course. Gain power I think they're not scared of me. Lose it. Lose that, it. I think that's exactly. The line. Which is interesting because it's like you want, I mean, if you think about it, well, if you think about it on a base level, it would be awesome to have all Jedi and only light side because there would only be good in the world. But I think, again, with but our, with our three beliefs. Also, um, I think we, that's also. Yeah beyond just the Grey Jedi, the flaw in some of the Jedi Council's view on what the light side and what balance was. Because I think a lot of Jedi grew up in this massive order of, like, these massive order protection knights, like, actual knights of the Old Republic, you know, who were these protectors and these fighters and these, like, I mean, it says in the name, knights, you know? Yeah, was with a fight and you know do all these powers and stuff. But you think about like Ganjin, you know, not necessarily a gray Jedi, but I think he understood what it mean, meant to be a Jedi, you know, because he understood it was more than you know any of these concrete things. It was more about trusting in the Force, which I think makes sense then that he was the one who figured out, or at least was one of the ones who figured out um, how to survive after death and slowly become. Um, and have semblance in the force was because he understood that to find that inner balance of letting yourself go into the force. It's like what, what Luke says, you know, to say that the, the force belongs to the Jedi, um, to say that if the Jedi die, the force dies, that's vanity. Don't you understand that? I think that makes sense. I think it can make sense. I mean, it this all harkens back to why Luke doesn't want or didn't want in the last jedi the, the character the, the the jedi to come back because it's he especially after doing all the research and stuff he had after return of the jedi he understood by so many flaws there were with the idea of the jedi order and i just think that's super interesting mm-hmm. do you have anything you want to say there uh, private no, I'm just kind of intently listening and kind of, I mean, 
you're saying it the way it has to be said. Yeah, I was just, I just didn't want to leave you out. But I, I <laughs> we obviously could probably have a whole nother session about the sequels. But really, I think it would, it, it was, I think it was so interesting what Ryan was doing with the idea of the Jedi Council. I think, in my opinion, that's what the whole sequel trilogy could have been about. Because we already got these six movies about Anakin and you know it's all it's almost a perfect story about obviously not all the have flaws but like it's so perfect in that you know the way it balances on each other and builds on each other and Anakin and Vader and bringing him back and stuff and I think the sequels should have just been about not fighting some big bad not bringing balance it should have been about should there be a council again or what is the future of the Jedi or what is a Jedi? And I think that would have been a better direction to go in any way. That was an overarching theme instead of just the same old theme. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I, I can't stop thinking about it because it's such an interesting idea that if, and if we would have seen, okay. So people you know, force Wickham's was solid. It was good. It was all right. And then you watch The Last Jedi and so much happened in that movie that changed so much that I think... You're just like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. And I Which think... is weird because so many people thought it was such a slow-paced movie, but it really did. So much changed in that it, movie. It did. And I think people would have liked the idea of Luke's character more if we had started with the story of him and Kylo in the Academy in 7. And why wasn't that the story? If we Everyone wanted to see Grandmaster Luke in his full potential, going ham, whatever. I wanted to see that too, but I also love the idea of Luke, what happens to him in Last Jedi. But imagine if Force Awakens was, we saw that Luke, then we saw the Academy get destroyed by Kylo and his creation, and then we got the Last Jedi, and it would help us understand better exactly how, how why, and Luke was doing what he was doing, which again, we can have a whole nother session about the sequels and I don't want to go too much into it. But, yeah, but I just want to say a... this before you do, because I mean, just, just think about how much more sense that makes because they're spending the entire movie trying to find Luke. Why did Luke run away? It doesn't make sense. And it would be so, I feel like I would have been so bored if in the last Jedi, they found Luke and he was like, Oh yeah, sorry, my bad. I crashed my X-wing. Thanks. Let's go fight the, the, the first order. You know, I'm totally down with that. It's so much more interesting for her to go there and him be like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Are you kidding me? Which he did. But I think the way it was executed was a little. Yeah, it was uncomfortable for some fans because it was it was the it was the polar opposite of what they were expecting. But, and you know, and it I, was for me, too. But like, I think it was. No, the thing I keep coming back to is that the the moment the thing that made everyone probably one the most upset about Luke was the fact that he threw the lightsaber behind his shoulder which i i don't think it should have been that extreme but i do like the idea of it but maybe he should have just like grabbed it looked at it then just got kind of a sad disappointed look in his eyes and just handed it back to Ray and just said i can't help you i and think like it would walked have been... off or, or or something like where he saw it and had kind of like a Cal Kestis like touching it and just feeling all of the hatred and stuff that Anakin had done with it and the failure of the Jedi Council, you know, and just had a, like a spark vision of just like, oh my gosh, all the things that happened with this blade are representative of the failure of the Jedi Order. 
you know how cool that would have been? And then just let him drop it and going, mistake. no. And that would have made him taking off his Jedi robe so much more meaningful. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't which, that have been cool? Yeah, which I, I like that of... might have even been what happened in my mind. I'm just going to say that's what happened in canon. I know, in my head. yeah. It canon. makes sense to me. It you know, makes so much sense. Just him looking at that blade, being drawn back to his fight with Vader the very first time, and then just feeling all the things that had happened with that blade. I mean, you why know? do you think? Why do you think he ran away to the island in the first place? Because it was a repeat of what happened before. Yeah, exactly. he created another Vader. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. In his attempt to create good and you know search for that same light, he done exactly what the Jedi Council did before. Which I think is the genius of the Last Jedi. Which it might not have been executed in the ways a lot of people wanted it, but yeah, I think it's perfect. People are like, Luke would never create another Vader. He just beat a Vader. Why would he create another one? But it was a, it was a mistake that happened for a split second. I mean, people that was talk his humanity. About, I, oh. They talk about the every time someone mentions like Luke was going to kill Kylo. They're like, that's not his character. They always like put a picture or show the scene of Kylo's perspective where Luke is like crazy-eyed and has the lightsaber out and swings at him. But do they, they forget about what really happened. Luke was there. He sensed another Vader emerging and decided, oh, I can end this right now. But it's his grandson, which he turned it on. And at right as he turned it on, he was like, this is wrong, and that's when Kylo woke up. It was a mistake. People make mistakes, and yeah, it's it's another it's Star Wars. It's another universe, but I love that. The moment. point of the movie is of any movie, if fiction or not, is to teach you about people, about yourselves, about how I, to be good people. That moment, though, just that moment where I just he just looks down at that lightsaber, and you can just see him going, "I'm." This is the same mistake. I mean. How do you think Anakin felt so full of anger, wanting to stop what he, what Palpatine said he could stop, because Palpatine told him the Jedi were planning to destroy everything. In his head, Anakin, so full of rage and anger, the Jedi Order, it made sense to want to hate them at that point. So killing younglings, killing all of it, ending all of it, seemed like the only solution. It makes sense. Yeah. Gosh. Um... But back back to like the love stuff. I pulled up a quote. I don't know if you guys see it or not. That uh, Jolie Bindo. Jolie Bindo. Yeah, <laughs> my boy. Uh, if you talk to him enough in Kotor, you, he tells you about his story, and he's he's basically another Qui Gon, right? But he's much older, and he he was a, he's a Jedi, and then he he's basically a great Jedi, and he uh, exiled himself or just kind of secluded himself in the Shadowlands of Kashyyyk. But he follows you on this journey because I, he he finds out you're Revan like as soon as he meets you. But he doesn't tell you till later. He just like he just like like he, and once once you ask him, he's like, yeah, I knew, just like casually. And, that's, and he's like, he's like, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, but I love his quote. You you talking to him about his his wife and stuff, and they're like, you know, isn't isn't like attachment not okay? And Joey's like, well, okay. He says, love doesn't lead to the dark side. Passion can lead to rage and fear and can be controlled, but passion is not the same as love. Controlling your passions while being in love, that's what they should teach you to beware. That's what the Jedi should teach you. Which Anakin, I do think, started out in love with Padme. But once the the nightmares came about her dying, it switched to passion because he was passionate about keeping her alive. 
and well, the think same about with him and his mom. mom. Yeah. yeah, he'd seen the exact same thing with his mom, and he saw the Jedi. I was listening to the Star Wars Theory guy um, talking about this, so I will give credit there. But I mean, just think about that. Where he, like he grew up in a terrible situation, you know, and he he he. The one thing he had was his love for his mom, you know, and he wanted to come back and free her. That was the one thing he wanted, and so. When all of a sudden, this little orphan boy, not really orphan, but like this kid is just taken into this Jedi space wizard order and is started, started to teach, get, get taught all these powers and stuff. Of course, the one thing in his head is, I got to save my mom. So the minute he starts to get nightmares about his, something happening to his mom, of course, what does he do? He goes home, but he's missed it. His Jedi powers weren't enough. So when the same thing starts happening to it shifts from love. It turns to that passion, that same passion that he had when he was killing the Tusken Raiders. It turns exactly. to that same yeah. angry passion because it's their fault. They didn't help me save her. It was the one thing I could, I, I wanted. It was the one thing I made a promise about. And they didn't there's, help me. There's flaws in it. That's what I love about it. Isn't Anakin just so, just a tragic hero? Like, it, it's he, so, he such is. A bad. a character. And it's I don't so feel like he's underrated. Yeah, very underrated. It, I, yeah, it's just not talked about enough. I don't think his character is not talked about anywhere near enough. You know, we had the prequels, but then we got the Clone Wars, which really showcases his journey even more, leading up to Revenge of the Sith, with which makes Revenge of the Sith like so much more devastating than it already is. Yeah, and. Yeah, I hear people say, "Oh, the Clone Wars show is what the prequels should have been." Uh-uh. The Clone Wars should—I I can't imagine Clone Wars being anything else but a show. It's so much time; it has to be a show. And George and of always course, said you're not that even it's covering the all. Yeah, he always it's said like, the future of Star Wars was shows. Not it, it, it it literally is like when you're playing. Um, because just to, just to give like the idea where when I first realized that I was like oh yeah the Clone Wars were really that long is when I was actually playing Republic Commando and before one of the missions it said day like two hundred something something and then the next mission it said day seven hundred and thirty eight and I was like oh yeah this lasted like a ton of years <laughs> yeah. it's like I think like the the all three trilogies are the pillars that like are set up and then they need to be filled in with all these shows and like stories and video games all over that can tell the rest of the stories they can film in but i want to talk more about anakin's character because my mom said this the other day that like how does like i just don't like it because how does this guy who you know you see as this hero archetype all of a sudden just go and turn into murdering kids she doesn't like that i'm like i started thinking about it like you know how yeah well, how does that character go there? That's what the Clone Wars showcases. Which, it, my mom is the same, and she she hates the, when he screams, I hate you. She used to not let me watch, like, if that scene was on TV, she would, like, I don't, she would not let me watch it, but she like, try and get me out of the room so that it wouldn't see it, because she, she just hates it, because she, you know, I tease her about not liking Anakin. She's like, I like him, until he like turns bad and starts killing kids, which it's 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 horrible. Obviously, but it's that anger. Why? Well, let's, why is he angry? And Palpatine because, told him to, because it, for all the time 
that he's with the Jedi. There are zero solutions to anything, any of his questions or anything. You know, for one thing, I mean, just think about this. He knew that there were possibly potentially powers in the Jedi, within the Jedi realm of the light side that could save someone's life. But of course, those would be in the restricted se- restricted section of the library where only Jedi masters could reach them. So imagine being promoted to a Jedi to on the Jedi Council, yet still not have the Jedi master rank of Jedi master. Think about the perspective he has right there. Just that's, adding in the that's fact of not being able to have the knowledge that could save his wife potentially from the Jedi. Think about that because there were records in the Jedi Temple containing knowledge on how to save someone's life through the light side. I'm sure of it. Yeah, which kind of makes me laugh about the about Rise of Skywalker and it uses force healing so easily. And obviously Ray read the ancient checks, so that's my explanation for why more Jedi didn't use it. But it's just interesting me interesting to me, interesting to me interesting, interesting that, sir. Yeah. That uh force heal like it I don't Again, when we talk about the sequels, maybe another time we can get more into this. But I just want to say that Force Seal has been around in games like all the time. But what, like once they brought it into the movie, a lot of people didn't like it. And I think they didn't like it because it was a plot device. But anyway, I think it's just interesting, the whole idea of Force healing and stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Well, think about the Jedi Council. Like, why would they not want anyone to know about Force healing? Because as a part of the Jedi, that same love, the idea of love that wasn't fostered early in Jedi youth, that of course just no one talked about. They weren't. They didn't know how to like, like, he, like that special kind of love and caring that people weren't talked about. I mean, Anakin says it: we're encouraged to love, but we're not taught how. <laughs> is the awkward thing, uh, you know. <laughs> so I, I fully think a Jedi can fall in love with someone and like marry them i think it's fine but anakin had so much like regret and so much pressure because he loved her so much and he married her and then he had to live this secret life knowing he was in the wrong and that i think that helped in his turn in the end what scares me more is i think that padme wasn't going to die because i think the visions were him warning or something warning because it is now canon that palpatine was the one who killed padme was the one who stuck, like, like drained her life force to sustain Anakin's life force through the dark side because that's how the dark side works. Works. You have to yeah. take something and keep something else. I say Which this I think every is time. ironic. Ironic, but it's ironic. It's, it's his vision. It's it's the, the the force warning him about Palpatine, but he doesn't realize that. Because I say this what every time. time it's him. Every, every time this comes up, I always say a quote from Master Ugwe because it fits so well. One often meets his destiny on the road he takes to avoid it. It makes so much sense. Important. Importante. Importante. <laughs> self-fulfilling so, prophecy. Oh, so many ways. So good. It's so good. He's Anakin's so darn underrated. It's annoying. Yeah, and you can give you can give all the crap you want to George Lucas for his directing on the prequels, but I don't care. Yeah, that that writing and that directing, I think, I mean, it's perfect for what it is. Well, no one liked the character because they just didn't understand it. I mean, that, there's that quote about Hayden. 
you know, was Anakin uh, Hayden played the the character perfectly. The people just didn't like the character, you know. And I think that's what's what's interesting about the the character of Anakin is that people go into it expecting like this Luke character with a much more different fall than they thought, you know. Yep. But of course, that's another problem with the way people expect things in Star Wars, and why a lot of people don't like the sequels is they get an expectation. So of course. That's why a lot of people don't like the prequels as well, but it just—it just makes sense. It's—it's it's dirt. It's disgusting. It's gross. It's human. You know, it's—that's the thing about Anakin. He's just this—he's this person who just doesn't know what to do because the people he should be relying on and trusting, and trusting him and telling him what to do, and the people that he's looking to for answers, the Jedi don't trust him because they're scared because they're. They're biased. They've been living their way one way this entire time. They just they don't know what to do with him because he's different, which is ironic considering he's the chosen one who could have potentially saved them. Yeah, and I I think it's so genius. Like it, I we could also talk about this some other time or now. I don't. It doesn't matter. But like the idea of the originals coming out first and then the prequels, which generates some issues. Yeah. But also is kind of genius because because that's what George was planning the entire time. Yeah, imagine having in the seventies the prequels and seeing this dark character Anakin fall and become this horrible care? person. That's so weird. And you, know? you don't know what happens to him, which might be exciting for some people, but some people might be immediately turned off and be like, "This is terrible. I don't want to watch this." But knowing beforehand what happens to him. And then watching him fall, and then having that hope that Luke's gonna come and help him, you're, it, it's like, yeah, like, let's go, dude. <laughs> so interesting. Mm-hmm. There's so many parallels just between him and Luke, and just like, just the. <sighs> you can talk about Anakin's character all day. Because just Hayden Christensen played him. Because, I mean, obviously he knew the way things were going to end. But even beyond that, he'd read the entire script when he was when he was acting it all out. So he knew exactly how things were going to end. He knew that in Revenge of the Sith, in the beginning of it, it was going to end with him on fire screaming, I hate you at Obi-Wan. He knew that from the start. Yeah, man. I I just have to say, I love the little... The little Clone Wars, little General Skywalker moment at the start and in, in the Battle of Coruscant, where uh, they're they have that escort of Arc One Seventies and they veer off and get attacked, and Anakin kind of gets a little restless and says, "I'm gonna go help them out," which is what he would do. But then Obi Wan has to remind him, "No, we're here for a different reason." But you know, General Skywalker would so much if that was Rex or just any Five O First, he would immediately want to just turn his ship around, blast all the Volta droids, and, like, help them, because he loves the clones. And I love that we get that little little moment. There's probably a couple more, but that one little moment of General Skywalker just one last time, you know? I just, I just, I just miss George's writing, because it's done so well. And a lot of people don't like it, but I, I'm, done, I'm done caring about what other people, like, say about it, because 
Well, I just don't care. It's I think I, I think it's it alludes. Idiots. I think it alludes what to Hayden Christensen said in the interview, where the ones that are talking negative and saying those things are just the loudest ones. Like most people don't yeah. think those things. He was talking about Kelly Marie Tran and Rose Tico. And, yeah, and uh, Last Jedi when he was on the red carpet for his film called like Little Italy or something. Uh-huh. And yeah, the guy had asked that, and that's what his response was, which I think almost perfectly says says it all you know these people are talking negative and saying all these bad things about the prequels and about hayden and his acting and everything but that uh, none of it's like none of that's not what most people are thinking it's just that mm-hmm. if you go on the internet and you go look that up that's what's gonna <laughs> pop up because you know it we turns just, to that kind of psychology thing that we tend to focus on the negative which yeah. is interesting because that exact same analogy that you just said of the dark side being louder is exactly the same reason so many fall to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Because once again, the people who appreciate Star Wars and a lot of the George, George Lucas's writing just go, yeah, that's beautiful, that's amazing. They just sit back and they love it. But those who hate it obviously go on Twitter and blast force lightning all over the place saying they, how much they hate it. It's louder. It know? is. Yeah. Like, you know, and all the, all the Star Wars haters are Sith. It's so sad, like, with hated and, like, what happened to him, man? Because... I, I think now, like, I don't know when that Little Italy interview was. I don't know if it was after 2016. or... So it's 16 or 17, because The Last Jedi came out in 2017. Oh, wait. Let me let me look, actually. Because if it was after Celebration, I think he would have had a better understanding of how the fans actually think. Because I, I see so many videos that are about Anakin or just... Or are like maybe I, I don't know, but have Anakin in them and people in the comments just little like little one after came one. Out in 2018, so one year after, um, uh, last Jedi came out. So I think he went to Celebration 2017. He was there. He did some interviews and some uh, panels. I think so. And people like freaked out when he walked out on stage. Like there was so much cheering, dude. I, it, it made me feel so good. But I see so many comments, just one after another, on these videos that are like, "Hayden is Hayden is Anakin. A- Anakin doesn't he doesn't deserve it. The the writing was bad. Don't blame the actor." But which I don't agree with exactly. But you know, he's just you know all these things, and it it's just so good that these people aren't loud. But if you look, you'll find that the majority of them either just like him or absolutely love his character. Yeah. What do you think? I think, okay, this is a weird direction to go with this, but what do you think the the parallels are just between mental health and Anakin, you know, the Jedi Order and like the Sith and all that? What do you think the parallels are there? Because I can see a lot of them. Because, I mean, just think about it. Like, we as people, you know, you obviously experience emotions, whether or not you like just talk about anxiety or depression and stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Jedi Order are kind of like those people who are just like, just deal with it, it's fine. Don't don't even feel that way, because that's wrong. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I feel like, you know, this is, and then they're like, the, the dark side is like, uh, I don't want to say this, but like, the, the emo, like the emo of where like, I'm just going to feel this way and just suck down into here, and I'm just going to be nothing but these emotions, you know, versus balance between the two, which is, yes, I feel this way, what am I going to do with those feelings? not letting it govern not letting those emotions govern you because i think this is a very big life lesson you can take from star wars is you can't let those emotions govern you you can't let that blind passion 
or anger at yourself or the world or anything, let that govern you. I think you have to let that anger and like turn it into solutions and you know, hope and all those different kind of things. You can't let those, any of those emotions, whether or not like it's anxiety, depression, just anger, you can't let them govern you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like Luke, if you're, if you have a weapon, if there's some weapon you're using that is like maybe making it worse or making other people feel bad or whatever, throw that weapon away, get it out and just try and, you know, fix it. Which again, plays back into what we were talking about is that the council, they didn't tell Anakin how to not have emotion. They just told him not to. They said, you can't. I'm sorry. It's just it's just a thing. It's just part of our thing. You can't have you can't have attachments. And he's like, well, what about my mom? How do I not care about my mom? I have these really strong feelings about this woman named Padme. How do I not do that? And they're like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just deal with it, bro. Which is not good. Of course, all. and then like Yoda giving really cryptic answers. This leads to that, 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 leads to the dark side. You know, that's not helpful. <laughs> you know, I also, oh shoot, what I was going to say, but like, I think it's interesting how um, Obi-Wan is the other side of that. He had someone that he cared about. And he, like, going back to that Satine relationship, Anakin saw that and saw how wrong he felt it was. You know? Because he'd had those emotions and he felt like they were right. They were good things. Like, this is a woman I care about, you know? This is a good thing. Then he sees Obi-Wan and he's starting to realize this person has someone that they loved. They died. They couldn't save them. They don't care. How much would he not want to become like Obi-Wan? That Satine arc is so underrated because it's it shows so, so, so much reason why Anakin, once he found out about it, would hate Obi-Wan. Because for one, Obi-Wan understands those feelings, but he just didn't do anything with them. Yeah, and uh, Satine dies in his arms, dude. And, and, then and Obi-Wan, just, like, just he just sits there and lets them take him away. He doesn't, like, get up and, like, force blast them away and, like, start fighting Maul again and kill him. He just, he just kind of, I don't know if he gives up, but he just, just kind of lets go. Because he's trained himself. He's kind of, like, told himself. He's trained himself in his head. And just that those emotions shouldn't be acted upon at all. Yeah, which I think Obi-Wan is the which prime. Is like, for the prequel Jedi, for kind of the kind of Jedi they were, he's the best example of them. But I do think if Obi-Wan wanted to, he definitely could have been a Satine and example. been fine. Yeah, he's the best example of the problem with the way Jedi, the Jedi Order raised the Jedi. I think he's, he's, just so, he's so good... He's so and good. He's really good, which you know, he, he is a good Jedi. Like Obi-Wan's awesome. He's but, got a lot of the faults though, too, that are yeah. shown in all the Jedi. And that line, dude, had you said the word, I would have left the Jedi Order. <sighs> if it like Anakin he he Anakin wanted so bad to be a Jedi. I mean, I I think a lot of people love Anakin. And it's it's almost heartbreaking. Well, no, it not almost it is. That, you know, yeah. that happens. Sorry, please. Yes, keep. it's okay. Um, Anakin is just, he's just like, I hear, I also hear a lot of people in comments saying, like, Clone Wars Anakin is better than prequel Anakin. I'm sitting there like, it's the same flipping character. 
but I think their idea behind it is that Clone Wars Anakin is just so good and is he only cares about saving people, which is a good thing. But he's also trying to balance this life with his wife and also trying to be a Jedi. But really what I think draws a lot of people to him is that he just wants to be good. But his desire to be good, he he wants to be so good that he wants more power so he could be more good. But then slowly that power kind of gets to him and gets used against him by Palpatine, which makes him fall to the dark side and all that jazz. Which is why like people don't like people make the mistake of not liking Anakin in the prequels because it's him at his breaking point. Yeah, it's you know, a start that's, and, be- that's what, and ending. That's, that's what shows him breaking. You know, he doesn't know what to do. You know, he's all confident and stuff in the Clone Wars, but there's still this in- like this internal struggle going on the entire time where he's watching the hypocrisy. He's watching, he, he has all these feelings that he's like, I need to, like, I want to solve this. I want to be good, but he doesn't know, you know, so he's always just trying to be the best he can. Not because he has a god complex, but because he has a heroic complex where he's just trying to save everyone. And the Jedi aren't doing that. I know. We're peacekeepers, not soldiers. And he feels like, maybe we should be soldiers. Maybe we shouldn't. It's the argument. I don't know. I don't know where I was going that. It's kind of like the Civil War argument, though, like where every time you try to stop a war before it starts, innocent people die. Anakin's on the opposite side of that where he understands maybe we should be more proactive, which could be wrong. Yeah, definitely. But he's seen yeah. how that war has destroyed so much. Excuse me while I use the lavatories real quick. No. <laughs> just, can we just appreciate like this picture on my screen? I don't, I don't, again, I don't know if it'll be cut out of the podcast because my name is on a tab at the top, so I'll probably edit it out. But for you looking at it, um, I, I do think there should be a little more original trilogy stuff, but I, I just like, you know, you got Padme here with Luke and Leia below her. You got Anakin with the clones behind him and the Jedi. And then you, of course, this is great because it shows his character and whatever. I just, whoever made this, like, nice job. It's, it's really cool. I like it. I think what's cool about just the prequels versus the originals is they are just a different... They're very different stories. The, the originals yeah. happen within, like, just like just from this perspective, they happen within, like, years of each... Like, a couple years of each other. Like, three and four, if I'm... No, sorry, four and five, if I'm not mistaken, are, like, a year apart. And then five and six are, like, three years apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just have a very different vibe. I mean, for one thing, they're not all about the Jedi, which the prequels are all about the Jedi, you know? But in that's what you can appreciate about the Star Wars feel about the originals is you have Han Solo, the smuggler. You have Princess Leia, the, the ambassador, who's just uh, the, the senator who is the princess, but now she's this bad-A general, you know, who's just like, aren't you a little short for stormtrooper? <laughs> I mean... You can talk about how just how cool of a character she is. You know, you have got you've got the quirky droid and the, two two quirky droids in the corner arguing. You got this really lovable walking carpet. You got Luke, 
you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the perfect, it's the perfect, you know, D and D party, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is what I love about the originals, you know. It will think about the way and you get that Star- more once you add the clones and the prequels, but think about the way like Star Wars started out. It was a movie 1977. It was a huge like visual visual special effects outbreak and they weren't even planning on more movies. They made this singular movie which back then movies like that were constantly being made these science fiction Star Wars pew pew like laser swords type movies and you can actually like really see the points in like the 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 original trilogy of the first movie just star wars which what it was called it was just called star wars where it's like okay yeah you know that they had the idea of just making this like a one-off thing which i which i love so much that i think it's so cool and now it's developed into this entire thing enough where we've been able to discuss it of like hours upon end so yeah which i i i i don't know if this is true but i heard that george in interviews said he originally was planning the story of A New Hope to be split across three movies, but because of, I don't know, budgeting reasons or whatever, he condensed it to one movie, but people loved it so much then he's like, okay, well, I can make more to this and maybe add what I was going to have with, which is probably why there was another Death Star in Return of the Jedi, because maybe it was an important story element. Well, I mean, when you think stuff. about it, Star Wars... The movie Star Wars could have ended right there. It could have. It Darth honestly could have. Is seemingly defeated, where he just spirals off into the galaxy. Up, you know, um, and that's what it looks like. You know, they blew up the Death Star. That's the end of the Empire. They get their so medals. They get their medals. It's the end. Of, it's the end of it. They they solved it. Which I think is the interesting part is about you might think that, and then you watch the Empire, and you're like. Oh, these guys are barely alive. Yeah. This rebellion is barely like functioning. <laughs> hey, remember when the entire republic got destroyed? Anyways. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. We gotta eventually talk about it. I just put it on the list, but like we gotta eventually talk about the Journal of the Wills. Yeah, I should read up on that more. Cause the, jur- the journal of what? The original title. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Why the reason why it says um, in uh, in it a long time ago in a galaxy far far away? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah, here it is. Here it is. The Adventures of Luke Starkiller, as taken from the Journal of the Wills Saga One: The Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, we definitely can go into that. Um, I wanna, I wanna, because highlight that one. George's George's ideas were so out there. And like different from what people perceive Star Wars as, which is weird because not everyone likes the story of the Bendu or, you know, the idea of the 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 ghosts of Mortis, you know. Okay. I, that uh, was that is that is that is George's idea of what Star Wars is. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. beyond the Jedi and beyond the Sith, he's built like this mythology of like these the, the ancient creatures where we I don't know. It's just it's so cool to me. And I think people don't realize. That's what he's. That's what his idea of it was. Which I find interesting because it wasn't the original plan for the sequels to be about the Wills or something. Yeah, there was a character named Mace Windy in it. I wish we got that. Sorry, I just really well, wish we got that. 
Yeah, but the thing with that, though, is that Star Wars, it's so popular, but a lot of people have only seen the movies and probably forgotten about the prequels. And, you know, they're just casual Star Wars watchers. And to think about, like, the difference between Star Wars and Avengers is that Avengers slowly led us into weirder and weirder comic book territory. To where we got to, like, Thanos and the Infinity Stones. And we're With all just what like, world. Hey, yeah. But they utilized popular movies that gained the same kind of motion that, I mean, using all the different weird, quirky stuff in those movies. Whereas, I mean, Star Wars, not all the, not, they didn't use the big popular stage for putting that weird stuff out they used the clone wars and like comics that like even half of like one percent of star wars fans have read you know yeah, like think about people's reaction to midi chlorians they oh, make like, sense to me but i do admit they're they might be a little out there for some people but they make sense to me and they've like george george is you know he he has these ideas oh yeah he maybe uh, doesn't tell people about but he's just they're so interesting, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the midichlorian, the midichlorians, uh, Din Djarvan and uh, which you is know, why have the armor and everything. <laughs> which is why, for me, I just wish that like we stayed with George. Oh yeah, for sure. I I do think though, if he made that sequel trilogy, it probably would have no done as well because it it's be so different, so whack. I mean. It almost, I think it'd almost be like a Last Jedi that tell, telling average Star Wars viewers that the whole story they were watching is just some people reading from a journal thing. I, well, I, I admit it's weird to me that, but that's because the idea never happened. And it I is interesting. It, like, obviously, I, I think it's an interesting idea, but it's, it is very odd it's to so think weird. about it now. But back then, it might have been like, oh, okay. But I think it's so cool is that's what makes that's what the crawl screen is. Those are the journals of the wills starting to read out. That's the the prologue of the wills. When you think about it, that's what that's leading. Hello. That's what the crawl screen is. Those opening words, the title sequence, that's all the journey of the wills. A long time ago in a galaxy caught far, far away. That's the once upon a time. Yeah, which is very interesting. I I don't know how to feel about it. Like I, it's I'm so still, weird. It's, it's so because so you don't weird. always think about that when you think of Star Wars. You hardly ever think about that, if ever. It's just so weird to think that that's what like his plan was in the beginning. Yeah, that's it. That's that's so cool to me. It just I don't know. It just is. Yeah. <sighs> I think we're receiving a transmission um, from upstairs. Uh, there's a... The moon's uh, imbalances right. are out of whack. There's a moon quake coming. Okay. Okay. Oh. Sorry, oh, this boy. is just our intern, um, Beth. Oh. Okay, um, thank you. Uh, you can go back to yeah, sleeping. You're, you're welcome. Or watching Star Trock or whatever it's called. Um, start yeah. wars of the stars it's a different show just be quiet it's fine i'm sorry um well uh we apologize viewers or not viewers uh audio based viewers based only on the audio format 
because that's what this is. You know, this recording could travel through a wormhole. I don't. I mean, it might. I don't think so. What happened to it, man? It would. It would like go. I don't know. You ever. You ever seen Interstellar? This little maneuver is going to cost us fifty-one years, probably. Oh boy, that's a great movie. It also gives me anxiety. Listen to us up here in space. Please don't mention that movie. Christopher Nolan, man. Anyways. We do apologize as we are experiencing some um, some lunar seismic issues up yes, here. As so, per uh, usual, I'm as per already usual, suiting as, up. That is a thing. And uh, hopefully, as we're we're just going to send this out before you know our audio equipment and sending and receiving uh, signals uh, die. So yeah, uh, don't die. We'll try not to die. Uh, this has been uh, the lunar exploration um, until the moon blows up, which hopefully doesn't happen. It hopefully it might happen. Mm-hmm. It hasn't it's, been shaking a lot. Lately. It's been it's been really a, quite a lot. Have we not looked into this more? No, I think we should. Is it just me, or do we have few interns than we did before? Uh, only one, I think, sir. We're only missing one. Yes. Oh well, I'm sure that's fine. Yeah, we'll be good. You know, All right. Write that off. Anyways, uh, but, but, until yeah. next time. Until next time. Yeah, um, later, guys. I'll, yeah, I'll see you. Signing off.